Welcome to the Great Western Woods World Building Podcast. I have a bit of a special episode for you today because we are having a relaunch party. Hooray! Which means if you have listened to the podcast previously, you will notice a lot of awesome changes. And if you're brand new, then obviously you won't. But you've found us, so really, things can only get better from here. So first of all, let me just quickly introduce myself or reintroduce myself to you. I am Angeline Trevina, and I am an indie author writing dystopian urban fantasies because one genre, frankly, just isn't enough for me, really. I write dystopias because despite being so sweet and lovely in person, I am actually a deeply evil author who enjoys making characters suffer. And I write urban fantasy because I just really enjoy mixing futuristic technology with ancient magic because it's just fun. Okay, so that is me. And now let's meet my co-host. Yes, a co-host. I will let her graciously introduce herself. Hello, it's so lovely to be here. I'm Holly Line, but I write as HB Line. I write dark urban fantasy and I've been an indie author for just over five years. I'm a cat-loving Ravenclaw, bullet journal enthusiast and a total geek. I'm obsessed with fantasy, sci-fi and superheroes. Throw in a hefty dose of horror to round out the geekery and that's me. World building is kind of my superpower. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. So I am thrilled to be joining Angeline on the Great Western Woods World Building Podcast. So you can hear, like, we're both total world building nerds. So I think <laughs> I think we're going to rub along pretty nicely to get together. Uh, strangely enough, I am also a Ravenclaw, so that probably helps as well. Um, so Holly and me actually met on Facebook quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but we only met in person last month didn't we yeah so and it was it was nice to realize that we were actual real human beings in real life and had bodies and were actually 3d and everything yeah wasn't it yeah <laughs> and you were taller than I expected <laughs> and you you were shorter than I expected because you sound taller online <laughs> <laughs> um and why are we collaborating together because strangely enough we kind of both had the exact same idea completely independently of one another at pretty much the exact same time didn't we we did yeah i sent you a message after we'd met last month and was like mm. Mm, should we like we could maybe do a thing i don't know like um something together <laughs> uh, and you were like uh yeah <laughs> yeah it kind of it kind of spooked me out a bit because I literally had had the exact same thought like the day before. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is a bit. Sp so, yes, I we're going to get on very well on this podcast because clearly it was meant to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, Holly, 
let's um, ask you how and when did you get interested in this kind of genre fiction? Okay, so I mean, I as a kid read loads of um, fantasy, um, the usual kind of things like Enid Blyton and stuff, Faraway Tree, all of that when I was really young. But then I got really into point horror and mm. I was like obsessed. Like every time we went into town, I would drag my mum into the bookshop and pick up a point horror and be like, can I have it? Can I have it? Um, awesome. <laughs> so after I had devoured about 40 of those, um, I decided I needed something a bit more and I got my first Stephen King book um, and basically just kept devouring horror and fantasy um, ever since then, really. And How about you? <laughs> yeah. so my, my, my journey into genre fiction started when I was very, very young. Because when we were kids, my dad always used to read the bedtime story. And he mostly chose books from his own book collection, which pretty much consists of nothing more than classic sci-fi. So as a child, I was being read for a bedtime story, you know, just before falling asleep. Things like <laughs> War of the Worlds, Day of the Triffids, The Midwitch <laughs> Cuckoos. Which now looking back, I'm kind of like that, that was probably a little bit inappropriate to be reading us at bedtime. But I've got to be grateful to him because he got me into cool fiction. Because let, let's face it, they are the cooler genres of fiction, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And then I went on to, I really loved those choose your own adventure books. Mm hmm where like there would be a group of kids on bicycles they were always on bicycles and they'd find their way into a fantasy world and be like fighting dragons on their bicycles still and like at the end of each page it would be like if you choose to take the path down to the sea go to this page but if you carry on to the castle go to this page Loved it. Probably liked being in control. That's probably how I ended up being an author. Um, and yeah, I ah oh, point horror. I loved that. Loved it so much. I loved how there was always the same named characters. Like it was so cliche American high school, wasn't it? Absolutely. You know, like there there was always like a girl called Chastity. <laughs> and, like a guy called Brody, like in every single book. Yeah, um, and Chad. But yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, point horrors were great. Yeah. Um, so how how about actually writing and publishing? How and when did you start doing that? Yeah. So um, I've been writing for as long as I can remember, um, but really started to sort of take it more seriously and really try to complete things and longer things um kind of in my late teens and I sort of flirted with screenplays quite a lot and mm -hmm. I did film and tv at university that was what my degree was in originally yeah. and so I did screenwriting modules for that and I that was kind of what I wanted to do um but my life ended up taking a different course and I had my first child and 
um, it sort of got put on the back burner really. And then um, I started writing um, fan fiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, but it was really quite well received on the site that I used to put it on. And um, and my stories were quite popular and I had would have people leaving reviews saying things like, you must write something original and publish it. So mm. I did. And so I, I wrote my first uh, original novel um, in two, sort of 2011 to 2013 and published it on like the 1st of January, 2014. Mm. And that was the start of my professional writing career. And um, that that book went on to be a four book series. Um, and um, when this goes out, my fifth book will be due out within a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you laugh about like starting out in fan fiction, but I don't think it it really has that stigma. You know, it's not it's not sort of a, these days people do it more seriously you know it's not mm. like writing teenage angst poetry anymore you know it's <laughs> not something you you do secretly in your bedroom and you don't tell anyone about it um you know I think it's it's you know really picked up in the last like yeah. few years I think it's become more mainstream hasn't it Whereas definitely, yeah. I think when I was doing it like nearly fifteen years ago, it was embarrassing. <laughs> you, you were like... a trailblazer. <laughs> you were like ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll take that explanation. Yeah. So, like you, I'm very much. I'm one of those people who's been writing ever since they were old enough to hold a pen, really. And it's it's interesting that you say about um, screenwriting. Um, I didn't actually know that about you at all, but I started off in theatre. Like, that's my background. Mm -hmm. Um, I always wanted to be an actress. When I went to university, my degree is actually a joint degree in drama and creative writing. Um, And it wasn't until I got to university that I found, actually, I wasn't enjoying the drama side of it so much. And I was far more interested in the creative writing side of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I started out writing uh, stage plays, so it's quite quite interesting that like you started yeah. with screenplays and I started with stage plays. That was quite interesting. Um, and then I got into the short story world, and I was I have a lot of short stories published in various anthologies, various publishers, um, and that's very much where I started with publishing I started um indie publishing a little bit after you um so like mid 2015 um I released my first novella and yeah haven't haven't looked back since I've now got 11 books out don't know how that happens um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it's, it's interesting like a lot of people the question comes up a a lot of the time about like is starting in short stories like a good place to start your writing career and I I always think it it really is there's a lot of lessons about writing to be learned through writing short stories 
Mm, definitely. Very, yeah, yeah. It's re really interesting how different the disciplines are yeah. for writing short stories and writing novels. But the transferable skills between the two, of course, and there's so many transferable skills. But I still write with kind of like that sort of clipped sort of uh, voice. Like, because in short stories, you might have a word limit of like 4,000 words and I started out writing novellas and I, I wasn't sure that I could ever write a full novel because mm. I that's just my style that's just my voice you know yeah it's quite stripped back um I I have managed to write full novels now I do write write full-length novels but they're only just novels you know like I'm I'm never going to be one of those epic fantasy writers who are writing like 200 thousand word books <laughs> that's just never gonna happen because my brain just don't work but that's fine because there are people doing that and that's their thing yeah you know my my thing is on the shorter side that's fine <laughs> yeah absolutely there's a market for everything isn't there yeah there really is and so often you see it seen um i've i've seen people say it so much on the internet that oh, there's no market for novellas. But actually, right, like novellas are really, really booming in popularity, especially since like the boom in ebooks, mm. because people are reading them on like their commute, like on their, tr on their train journeys and stuff. Yeah. And they're wanting shorter fiction. I mean, like, like Amazon now do their whole section of short reads, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know? So. Yeah, actually, like you say, there is a there is a market for everything, you mm. know, and uh, yeah, no, novellas are really booming in popularity. So, so any listeners out there who write shorter stories, don't worry about it. Don't listen to the people who say there's no market for novellas because they they are really really doing well. Mm -hmm. Um. So let's let's actually start talking about world building a bit because that is that why we're here. I think that's I, I why we're think here. I think that it? is the name of the podcast, <laughs> actually. So Holly, tell us a little bit about the world building in your books. Okay, so um, all of my um, published books so far are set in the same world, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's um, a world of like where there's a hidden society of shapeshifters. It's urban mm. fantasy, so it's a you know a magical layer, be you know behind the human world, if you like. Um, mm. And um, I I decided over the course of writing my first series that um, my shapeshifters actually needed somewhere to go that was not the human world. So they have. Um, another like realm i call them realms um you know the dimensions worlds mm. realms um so they have this shapeshifter realm um called herpethia which is in its natural form is completely made of crystal and yeah. when the shapeshifters cross the veil between worlds and go there they can shape herpethia to be what they need it to be so the crystals will take on the, the shapes of things that they need. Um, and there are demons um, and fae 
who can cross over from their other realms as well and come into Hypatia and even come into the human world. And the shapeshifter's role um, is to protect humanity from dangerous um, spirits that can cross over and cause problems in the human world. So that's the the basic gist. Mm, lots of cool, fun stuff to talk about. Because that's yeah. what we like at the end of the day, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we write urban fantasy. We just like yeah. cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's about exploring something that could be real, you mm. know? It's that, you know, I like epic fantasy as well, but the the thing that I think attracts me to urban fantasy is the kind of what if, you know, what what if mm. actually there are people among us who are supernatural and we don't know we wouldn't know yeah it may well be so what i'm writing at the moment i'm currently trying to write the third book in my memory trader series so book one is called the smudger book two is called the sister Mm -hmm. and now i'm currently writing the as yet untitled book three um so it's set in this world where you have a group of people who are memory traders, of course. And what that means is they can go in and they can extract certain memories from people that they don't want anymore. So they sell memories that they don't want to the memory traders. Mm-hmm. The memory traders then carry those memories in their own heads. And then they can sell them on to other people and put those memories into someone else's head. and. Um, it it's actually quite quite a dangerous profession because like if you're carrying too many of other people's memories it starts to send you like quite doolally oh. and um the memory traders are quite hated in the world they're very ostracized and they're sort of um excluded from a lot of the technology that exists and um they yeah they they're very downtrodden people so being one of my worlds, um, obviously it gets a little dark. There's there's lots of uh, danger and dark secrets to to be discovered. And one of the things I love writing in the into this world is like the mix of modern technology because I've got got lots of like technology that is futuristic, like beyond the technology that we currently have, and sort of mixing that in with like ancient magic and ancient ancient rituals that's Mm -hmm. one one of the things like i mean i'm a total world building nerd on every level but like probably my favorite thing is making like religious rituals and beliefs and like um all sort of the history of religion and yeah so i'm really enjoying just like merging all of that with modern technology yeah it's fun fun (laughs) again it's just cool stuff (laughs) yeah yeah that's awesome yeah um so we'll we'll talk a little bit about which authors have inspired us and our writing journey and Mm. anyone who's read any of my stuff or seen any sort of posts on social media you know it's no no big secret probably my biggest inspiration is margaret Atwood. 
mm-hmm. of course. Um, been totally obsessed with watching the uh, the Handmaid's Tale TV adaptation. So eagerly awaiting season three. I've just rewatched the first two seasons, so I'm so ready for it now. Totally ready for um, the her book, which is the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, coming out later this year, called The Testament. So exciting. Um, but yeah, she she is like a huge influence. I, I read The Handmaid's Tale um, when I was doing A-level English. Um, so what I was like about 17 years old. So, you know, that kind of age where mm. like everything has a huge impact on you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the the other author that has hugely inspired my work is Jeanette Winterson. And I first read a Jeanette Winterson book again at that kind of age um, when I was in my first year at university. Um, we had to read. Um, sexing the cherry and Mm. I I read it and you know how like um we're sort of put on by all these rules like this is how you should write and this is how you shouldn't write don't you dare ever do that yeah um you know there are so many rules and we we kind of uh feel bound by them a lot but Jeanette Winston reading Sex and the Cherry, I was, it was like, a, a, it was a moment of awakening that actually you can break the rules and you can write in your own way and find your own voice. Mm. And that was like such a huge awakening for, for me that I could be, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I tossed all the rules rules out you know it's taken me years of writing to find my own voice and to find what works for me and I think we're constantly changing and adapting that anyway Mm. um but it was the first moment where I realized that actually could break the rules that you were allowed to and that was it was really really freeing so yeah Jeanette Winston huge huge impact on how I write and how I see myself as an author so what about you which authors have inspired you the most it's probably not going to come as a big surprise um to say that JK Rowling has Mm. um been a big influence obviously because of how I started out doing this um but I just I'm so in awe of the world that she created with Harry Potter and the the depth and just how immersive that is and you know it's become you know real to so many people um yeah Yeah. and you know such an obsession and anywhere you go you know and i i said in my introduction how i'm a ravenclaw people really have invested themselves in this world and are committed Mm. to it and i you know bumped into someone the other day i have a harry potter bag and she saw it and she was like oh i'm a hufflepuff (laughs) what house are you in you know like we we connect with each other mm. because of the world she created and honestly like that's one of my sort of big dreamy author goals is to do mm. something like that you know to it create a world dream. like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely um and obviously the story is is so real and relatable and and strong as well across the seven books so yeah i that's been a massive influence on me um and then the other one 
again, like anyone who knows me and has followed me for any amount of time on social media will know that Stephen King is mm. one of my idols. Um, I absolutely love everything that I've read and the like adaptations as well have been like for screen have been really influential. Um, mm. I think I saw, I first saw the shining, um, which is actually very different from the book. Um, yep. I saw the film probably when I was about 16 and was just, you know, my breath was taken away. It was just incredible. And, um, yeah, and oh, and it the the TV miniseries of it I saw when I was way too young, <laughs> and it petrified me. And for a long time, I couldn't look at Tim Curry the same way. Um, <laughs> but um, but I came back to it later and watched it again and and read the book, and it just I I want to scare people like that. You know, yeah. Um, I I want to move people in that way. Mm. Um, he's he's magnificent at doing that, and his um, his his stories are fantastic. And obviously, he's very influential in in teaching writing. Um, yeah. You know, his his sort of it's become almost a bible to writers. His nonfiction book on writing. Um, oh, yeah. It's like the first book that gets recommended. I recommend it to everyone now. And, you know, I read it like once a year religiously because it's it it really is so instructive. So, yeah. Um, and I you were saying about long books earlier. Mm. <laughs> I do tend towards the longer um, longer fiction. My my third book, Tides of Spring, is one hundred and fifty thousand words. Um uh. And so, and yeah, some of Stephen King's mighty tomes, like The Stand, oh. are like <laughs> they're quite something to get through. But um, but I love that. I love having a big brick of a book. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think some some of his books you definitely need in paperback rather than hardback, though, don't you? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yeah, On Writing was actually the very first Stephen King book I ever read because I came I came to Stephen King quite late in life, like my mid to late 20s. Shameful, isn't it? <laughs> um, and yeah, On Writing was the very first book. And then I started working my way through like the movies that I loved. So mm. yeah, I've read The Shining. I read Green Mile. Oh, Misery, that book scared mm. the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The book is actually a lot scarier than the movie, I mm. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it didn't help that I tended to read it alone at night. But <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if listeners, if you have not read Stephen King's On Writing, rectify that now <laughs> immediately <laughs> so immediately go to amazon and buy it now and and buy w one of each of our books as well um <laughs> did, did that did i say that out loud you did yeah <laughs> but no it was yeah that book is amazing and it's so inspiring yeah and it's so inspiring there's something about stephen king when i read stephen king when i 
watch one of the screen adaptations, it makes me want to write. Yes. You know, I, I quite often find that, like, if I'm blocked, I'll watch one of the the screen adaptations of one of his books and then it'll unblock me. I'll go and write. You know, he actually inspires me to write. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I just on the subject of misery. Um, obviously, I I don't want to be held hostage and have my feet broken. <laughs> but um, I the idea that someone could be um that kind of obsessive fan mm. of, of mine someday. That yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. <laughs> so, as long as long as they stay a long way away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't ever go on a writing retreat in a, a snowy mountain place. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> no, be careful. Be careful what you wish for with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's a little bit about us and a little bit about our worlds that we write in. So I think that's pretty much us done for this first relaunch episode mm-hmm. we're gonna have a lot of fun aren't we we are <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for coming to our relaunch party um i hope you enjoyed it thanks for listening and we will be back very soon <laughs>